A death row inmate in Oklahoma takes his case to the U.S. Supreme Court. I'm Michael Cross with the KOSU Daily on this Thursday, July 20th, 2023. I'll have that. Plus, foreclosures are increasing in our state, and Northeast Oklahoma is getting a theme park as big as Disneyland. All that ahead on the KOSU Daily. Hi, this is Grayson Wheeler, KOSU's water reporter. I keep you informed on the latest news surrounding water quality and issues that spring up. And I want to bring you along on the ride. If you follow KOSU on Instagram at KOSU Radio, you'll catch some behind-the-scenes photos, videos, and more of my news gathering process. So what are you waiting for? Follow us on Instagram today at KOSU Radio. Lawyers for death row inmate Richard Glossop are taking his case to the U.S. Supreme Court. The Oklahoma Public Media Exchange's Hannah France has more. In a brief to the Supreme Court, Richard Glossop's attorney said the Oklahoma Court of Criminal Appeals, which upheld Glossop's conviction in April, did not properly address the core complaint that the state knowingly presented the false testimony of its key witness in the trial for the 1997 murder-for-hire of Barry Van Treese. The Supreme Court granted Glossop a stay of execution in May, just weeks before his scheduled execution date. This follows Oklahoma Attorney General Gettner Drummond filing a brief to the Supreme Court in support of Glossop, in which he called called for a retrial earlier this month. I'm Hannah France. A bomb threat forces the evacuation of the Attorney General's office. The Oklahoma Highway Patrol says it set up a perimeter yesterday afternoon and stopped a vehicle matching a description given by a caller to dispatchers. The driver, who investigators believe made the call, was taken into custody. But troopers found no sign of any explosives. An all-clear was given about an hour after the initial call. Authorities arrest two men following a scuffle at last month's State Board of Education meeting. State Impact's Beth Wallace reports. The defendants are Edwards Moore Jr. and Leonard Scott III. The heated exchange happened in the lobby before the meeting began while the crowd waited for the doors to open. Without authority to do so, Scott handed out numbers for people to enter the meeting and, along with Moore, they are accused of blocking the doorway and not allowing people to enter. Both men are charged with obstructing passage within a state building. Scott is also charged with willfully disrupting state business agency operations. Moore is also charged with two counts of assault and battery after he allegedly grabbed and pulled back a crowd member trying to enter the hallway and pushed a security officer. The bonds were set at $500 each, and both men have bonded out. For State Impact, I'm Beth Wallace. Oklahoma rural hospitals are choosing to not take advantage of federal funding in order to keep their doors open. KOSU's ex Nunez reports. 33 Oklahoma hospitals have closed since 2007, and nearly half of those closures were in rural communities. Reporting by the nonprofit news outlet Oklahoma Watch shows only two rural hospitals have chosen to operate under a rural emergency hospital license, a safety net that comes with a few strings attached. It's a federal designation Congress established in 2020 to help prevent more rural hospitals from closing. But if hospitals accept the license, they must give up some revenue-generating services. Rural hospitals across the state find the transition difficult as they risk a decrease in revenue. So Oklahoma Watch finds few use the special license. In Oklahoma City, I'm Excaret Nunez. The U.S. foreclosure rate is increasing. K 
KOSU's Caitlin Mills reports on where Oklahoma stands halfway through 2023. Mid-year data from the home data analysis company Adam shows there were more than 185,000 U.S. properties with foreclosure filings so far this year. Those can include default notices, scheduled auctions, or bank repossessions. Here in Oklahoma, one in every 766 households are facing foreclosure, ranking the state 15th in the country for homes that could be impacted in the near future. Data also shows foreclosures in Oklahoma are up in 2023 compared to 2022. That is playing out nationally as well. In 2021, foreclosures were rare amid low interest rates and pandemic-era protections for mortgages. Some economists are anticipating foreclosures to continue its upward trend for the time being, getting closer to pre-pandemic levels. In Oklahoma City, I'm Caitlin Mills. A new music venue is coming to far west Oklahoma City. Colorado-based company Notes Live says it signed a land purchase agreement planning construction of a 12,000-seat outdoor amphitheater. The land is located in the Mustang Creek Crossing development between Yukon and Mustang in far west Oklahoma City. The Sunset Amphitheater will be nearly double the size of Oklahoma City's current long-running outdoor stage, the Zoo Amphitheater, with a capacity of 7,000. Notes Live says it hopes to break ground on the Sunset Amphitheater in early 2024, opening the venue by the summer of 2025. State leaders and developers say a $2 billion, 1,000-acre theme park and resort is heading to Vanita, just west of Grand Lake. KOSU's Peggy Dodd has more. The American Heartland theme park and resort has several projects involved with the development, including a large RV park with cabins, a hotel, and a theme park comparable in size to Disneyland. The city of Vanita hosted a grandiose announcement ceremony where lawmakers, city leaders, and developers praised the project. Interim Director of the State Department of Commerce, Hopper Smith, says the impact of the development will be lasting. American Heartland's long-term impact will be transformative not only for Northeast Oklahoma, but for the entire region. The development will start with the Three Ponies RV Park opening in 2025. The theme park and resort areas are set to open in 2026. In Oklahoma City, I'm Peggy Dodd. The state legislature is meeting next week during an extended special session to decide whether to override Governor Stitt's veto of tribal compacts involving vehicle registration tags and tobacco compacts. The first attempt at overriding the governor's veto failed at the end of June. Now, Senate President Pro Tem Greg Treat will gather members to try again. For State Impact, KOSU's Allison Herrera spoke with Treat about the upcoming special session vote. Why is it so important to get the legislature back to Oklahoma City for a second attempt on overriding Governor Stitt's veto related to the tribal compacts? It has an adverse impact on the next budget uh, to the tune of around $50 million if these compacts are not renewed. Uh, so it's a budgetary issue, uh, but it has much bigger ramifications if we can't find a way uh, to negotiate in good faith uh, with our tribal nations on these issues that the U.S. Supreme Court has said the only remedy uh, is a mutually beneficial compact. 
the relationship between the state legislature and state surrounding tribal tribal relations has been pretty rocky as the governor has pursued legal actions around the gaming compacts, hunting and fishing compacts, and criminal jurisdiction. And, you know, I spoke with House Speaker McCall last year who said that the legislature may revoke state's ability to negotiate tribal gaming matters. Is there a legal framework for that? The only reason the governor has any authority in negotiating these compacts is through legislative action that granted him that authority. And so the grantor of that authority could also revoke that authority if we don't believe, um, number one, it's it's productive anymore, or number two, if, if we don't believe the governor is uh, acting in good faith, or number three, if we believe the governor's actions are having an adverse impact on, on Oklahoma. Do you think that the governor's actions are having an adverse impact on Oklahoma? I think a lot of us agree with the end goal of having uniformity and all 4 million Oklahomans being treated equally. But we also have to live within the legal confines and the reality uh, of the decisions of the Supreme Court uh, and the Tenth Circuit more recently and have to figure out a path forward that both benefits the 39 tribes in Oklahoma uh, and the state of Oklahoma, we're all in the same boat. I think the governor's actions have been uh, ineffective. And I think if they continue uh, unresisted, um, then we will have adverse consequences for the long term. It wasn't that long ago that the tribes and the state were at each other's throats in the early 90s when all of these boiled up to the U.S. Supreme Court, both the uh, motor vehicle issue and the tobacco issue. There, things were at a fever pitch uh, as far as rhetoric and also just relations in the early 90s. I think we are headed back that direction if we don't uh, try to negotiate in good faith on both sides of the equation. I don't, I don't know if you saw the tweet that he sent out yesterday that highlighted, I think it's a, a page on the Oklahoma.gov's website about, um, you know, we need one set of laws for Oklahomans. Um, we, we can't treat, you know, people can't be treated differently on because of their race or ethnicity. I mean, what do you think of the governor's messaging on that? I mean, do you, uh, do you think that that's divisive or do you think that's helpful? Well, I obviously believe it's divisive. I too have talked to some some tribal leaders that share the desire. And, and cross-deputization has a long history of effectiveness in Oklahoma. And so I think by us overriding these vetoes, hopefully we can reset, we can let cooler heads prevail, and we can demonstrate to not only our delegation, but the entire United States Congress that Oklahoma can handle the responsibility and more responsibility in compacting with tribal nations in a post-McGirt world. We, we have not, we don't enjoy the full breadth of being able to compact in other areas. And I would like us to show that we can handle it in a professional manner uh, with mutual respect. That was KOSU's Allison Herrera with Senate President Pro Tem Greg Treat. The interview was lightly edited for clarity and length. You can find the extended interview at kosu.org. 
State Impact is a collaboration of NPR member stations in Oklahoma. For more, visit KOSU.org and click the link for State Impact. And finally, from the KOSU events calendar, 405 Brewing Company in Norman hosts Geeks Who Drink Trivia Night Thursdays from 7 to 9 through September 28th. The event is modeled after pub quizzes in Ireland and the UK, and the quizzes cover a range of topics from pop culture to science to sports. You can find the KOSU Daily wherever you get your podcast. You can also subscribe, rate us, and leave a comment. You can keep up to date on all the latest news throughout the day at KOSU.org. And make sure to follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at KOSU Radio. This is the KOSU Daily, Oklahoma News, every weekday.